Good evening. It's good to be with you here tonight. It's good to have this invite. I'm very thankful for our brother's invite to come along to bring God's Word this evening. This is a, a special week, even for myself and in Kurigari. Yesterday, the 25th of October, marks five years of my ministry in Kurigari. And this week, we're also we are celebrating as an annual conference. We're celebrating 50 years of, of witness there in County Monland. And we're so thankful to the Lord for those years. And it's great to be able to be here. That connection, of course, to uh, Kurigari, uh, the church building that we worship in, built, uh, supervised the building of it by uh, Reverend Michael Patrick when he was here. And, of course, our dear brother Norman Boyd, uh, he was the man who came up and uh, was in charge of the building project. So it's nice, even in that sense, to be able to be here this evening and uh, to have that connection here with the work here. So I want you to please turn with me uh, to Luke chapter 19. I want us to read a few verses here from this well-known portion of God's Word. Now, I do apologize uh, for the sniffing and maybe the, the croakiness of my voice. My little girl, she's uh, started into play school, and every week she seems to come home uh, with a new cold, which she shares around the house. So we want to the, uh, the latest one, and I trust that they say the voice will hold up uh, as I bring God's Word to you this evening. Luke chapter 19, and we're going to read the first ten verses of this chapter. The read, and Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste, and came down, and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, that he was going to be, be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. We trust the Lord will bless the reading of his precious word this season. I'm going to ask you to please join with me in prayer. I ask for the Lord's help and blessing even now as we come to consider this portion of his word. Let us pray. Our loving God, our glorious Father in heaven, we do thank thee for the book that is before us. We do thank thee, Lord, that we can read of Christ we can read, Lord, of his great work of salvation. O oh Lord, we thank thee that salvation is revealed to us through the sacred page. And Lord, we pray that tonight, that as we would consider thy word, that the voice, O oh Lord, the one who inspired it, that he would be heard, that I would speak to the heart of the child of God, that I would encourage them again in the things of the gospel, that they be encouraged and even in a simple reminder of, Lord, what thou hast done, what thou hast planned from eternity past. Lord, for the one unsaved, Lord, you'll speak to them of their great need, that they too would know Zacchaeus' Savior. Oh, Lord, we pray that thou would be with us. Bless us, Lord. Use me here tonight for thy honor and glory. glory. Fill me with thy spirit. Uphold me by thy strength. For you ask these things in Jesus' precious and glorious name. Amen. Amen. In the Bible, there are many wonderful conversion stories through accounts of God's mercy and grace in the lives of sinners. 
accounts that give us hope and indeed assurance that we too can be partakers of that same grace and mercy. For God has not changed. The God who is able to save these men we read of throughout Scripture is the same God who saves today. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, there are many different accounts I could bring to your attention and and list off. I'll just mention one. Think of Saul of Tarsus. That is a wonderful, wonderful conversion story that should encourage every child of God and should give hope to the one outside of Christ today. Saul of Tarsus. He would find Christ on that road to Damascus. There the chief of sinners, as he called himself, met his Savior. The chief of sinners. Oh, dear friend, does that not give hope for each and every one of us tonight? We can be saved through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And another wonderful conversion story is found here in this portion which we have read together this evening. In these opening verses of Luke chapter 19, we have recorded for us the salvation story of Zacchaeus. I want to spend a little time this evening looking at this account. And as we will do so, we will obviously be making mention of this man, Zacchaeus. We will also, of course, be making mention of the Savior that he met, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. However, there is another vital part in this story that I want us to make special mention of tonight. Do you think of the old nativity plays of the past that I remember in primary school that uh, you wanted to be maybe a wise man or maybe one of the kings. Nobody wanted to be the one that was dressed up as the star or maybe even, even worse, the donkey. But you see, there is in this account something that maybe could be overlooked, but it is a vital part of the account. And it's, uh, yes, the case is here, and of course, Christ is here. There's also a sycamore tree. A sycamore tree. At this time of the year with harvest going on, we, we consider the seed, we consider the wheat, we consider the tares. Well, here's something else, another living thing, another thing that we consider here this evening. It is a sycamore tree. Now, not uh, necessarily the sycamore tree as we would consider it here in our native land, but a tree which is here known as the sycamore tree. I want us to look at this tree tonight. I want us to see the crucial part that this tree plays in this man's salvation story. We will see how this tree was vital, how this tree was an intrinsical part to what would happen, the glorious receiving of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and finding Christ as a Savior, how this tree was used in, in this case. I want us to look at this. I want us to consider lessons that we can learn. And this is also a children of God, that we can be reminded of what God has done for us. And if you are on safe tonight, see that there is lessons that you can take from this, encouragement that you can take from this, hope that you can take from this, that you too can have the same salvation experience. Though you may not go out and climb up a tree, but that you too can come by uh, the way of God's leading and come to Him and find salvation. I want us tonight to consider salvation and the sycamore tree. Salvation and the sycamore tree. Now, if you are in Jericho today, uh, I'm told I haven't been, and you find these things on the internet, so you have to be careful uh, as quoting them as, as absolute truth. But according to the internet, that's the way I'll put it, in Jericho there stands to this day a tree, a tree which uh, is said by someone to be the same tree that this man Zacchaeus climbed. Now, I may be a bit of a skeptic, and I would think that such a claim is a, a convenient tourist 
attraction. But regardless if that is the actual three, or even if the three still stands anywhere in that land at all this day, the fact that there is such a three to be visited, the fact that there is such a church attraction, if that's what it is, is a reminder that shows us that there's truths and there is lessons that we can still take from that story. This account from all these years ago. As we look at this tree, salvation and the sycamore tree this evening, the first thing I want you to consider with me is the providence of the tree. The providence of the tree. If you look at me, please, at verses 2, 3, and 4, we read there, And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. Now, I could nearly make the assumption that this evening the most, if not all of you, have heard uh, this story before. Maybe even as children, you've uh, you heard it. You sang the, the, this chorus about Zacchaeus, about that wee little man, and the wee little man was he. But if you do not know the story of Zacchaeus, let me very briefly give you what is occurring here in this account. There's this wee man, this short man, and he wanted to see the Savior. He wanted to see this man that has been uh, spoken about all over the land. He wants to see him for himself. But because of the crowd and because of his lack of height, he could not get a glimpse of him. However, seeing a sycamore tree, he runs to it, as this portion tells us. He climbs that tree to get a good vantage point off the Lord. And having climbed that tree, the Lord puts his eyes upon him. And as the account goes on and concludes, that man meets the Savior and is gloriously saved. Now, as you consider these verses and my very quick summary of them, one may think to themselves this evening, oh, what luck, oh, what good fortune that there was a tree there that that man could climb. But tonight I want to make clear that there's no such thing as luck. This was not some event of, of luck or mere good fortune. But everything, including that three, was all part of the providence of an almighty God. It wasn't coincidence that Zacchaeus was in that place where Jesus was that day. It wasn't coincidence that we uh, see in verse 5 that Christ would be walking by that tree. It was not coincidence or good luck that that sycamore tree was there in the first place for Zacchaeus to climb. All was ordained of God. Every part came together in the providence, in the sovereignty of a God who had planned from all eternity past that that three would be there that day for that man to climb. We have no record of when that three was planted. We don't know when it was planted. We don't know who planted it, or even if it was planted by a man at all. Maybe it grew there simply because on that spot a seed one day fell. But you see, it really doesn't matter. For if it grew by a move of nature, and thus that seed was carried along in the wind and then falling to the ground, had the right conditions to grow, or if it was planted there and cared for by man's nurture, be it by nature or be it by nurture, either way the seed that germinated there did so in the providence of God. Consider also for that tree to be big enough. This wasn't some sapling. 
This wasn't some little twig. This was, wasn't some uh, weak, uh, small uh, branch of a thing. But for that tree to be big enough and strong enough to be used for Zacchaeus that day, it needed that germination to have occurred years, years possibly before Zacchaeus or Christ walked upon the earth. A tree that was probably walked past by countless souls for years. A tree that went unnoticed by many. It was a tree that was placed there by the providence of God to be used in the salvation of Zacchaeus. For you, for you see, while unknown to everyone, even Zacchaeus, including Zacchaeus, one day, the ordained day, will come when Zacchaeus would climb that tree and then meet with the promised Messiah. And all this was part of the providence of God. Well, how amazing, how beyond words is the providence of God. Everything happens in accordance with his will and plan. And as we think of God's providence at this tree, it really is only the tip of the iceberg. For what else has God in his providence fulfilled? What did God in his providence fulfill to bring not just the three, but Zacchaeus and Christ together that day? How many little things had God ordained to secure this appointment with the Savior? Well, we're not told, but you can just think about it. Every last detail in Zacchaeus' life up to that point was working to this moment in time. Well, may we all be confident here this evening that the smallest speck of dust that blows through the air and falls to the ground only does so in part of God's eternal plan. No life. Life is full of little things. Little things that we may never even notice at the time. But just because they're little does not mean they are insignificant. None of these things are insignificant because they're all part of the Master's plan. On Monday past there, I was recording a, a deputation video for the deputation meetings I will take about going out to the land of Uganda and even just going over how the Lord has led to this point. I could say it is a, a series of little things, all working together uh, in accordance with the will of God to, to bring me to where the point I am today. And I believe this is the case with Zacchaeus. Maybe in days to come, he would give a word of testimony, and he would see how the Lord had led. And maybe Zacchaeus would see the wonder of the three and God's providence in it. As we examine our lives, May we accept that we have been completely, or all things have been completely ordered and ordained by God. How different Zacchaeus' life would have turned out if it wasn't for the providence of God in providing that sycamore tree. Have you ever wondered about your life, how different your life would be if things had happened differently in the past? Where would we be today if it were not for the grace of Almighty God? The point I make is this, that Things didn't happen differently because God has ordained everything that has occurred. And he did so to bring each of us who are saved here this evening to our own sycamore three experience, as it were. It was God ordained to bring us to that moment where we came to see the Lord Jesus Christ, where we met with him. We preordained every situation to bring us to the place of salvation. The unsaid one here this evening or listening in our online, may you see, may you realize that the Lord has ordained each and every one of your steps. 
that he has sown uh, seeds gone unnoticed. And have led you to the place tonight that you may call upon the Lord for your salvation. As we consider this account before us, we can see that while we do not know every step of the plan in terms of Zacchaeus' salvation, we can at the very least say that it was all part of God's providence that there that day there would be a tree there that would play its part that he could climb it and see the Savior and meet with him and come to, come to a knowledge of him as his Savior. And unsaved one, likewise I say to you this evening that you're not here tonight or listening in online by some fortune or chance. Well, you maybe have never seen the little steers of God's providence in your life. But the fact, that, but the fact is that your whole life, it has been steered by God. It's been steered even to this very point that you come tonight onto the preaching of God's Word and hear words by which you might be saved. These meetings, as you know, were not originally to happen this week. They were arranged for uh, a week, a few, a while back, and maybe you would not have been able to be here that night. But with them being rearranged, yes, you find yourself here tonight. There is no mistakes with God. All is or- ordered by Him. Why are you here tonight? In the providence of an Almighty God to find Him as your Savior. And before we move on from this point concerning the providence of God and this sycamore three. Let us consider the providence of God and another three. The providences of God and the three of Calvary. The cross on which the Savior died. And as we consider God's providence in that three, let us go back literally to the very beginning. For when on the third day of creation, the Lord created the plants, including the trees. It was then he sat in motion in his providence that there one day, descending from those great trees, a little seed would be dispersed through the air, would fall to the ground. It would take root and it would grow. And one day be chopped down and shaped to be the cross on which the Savior died. Our Lord and Savior on the third day of creation, sat in motion the growing of the three that will be the instrument of his torture in the place of our salvation. Oh, what providence. Our salvation was no afterthought, but all part of God's sovereign plan. And when he spoke those threes into existence on day three, did so with the provision of salvation in view. Oh, God's providence for our salvation It's wonderfully spoken of in the words of Ephesians 1 verse 4. It says there, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. From before the foundation of the world, before there was a world, God had in place a plan. Sovereignty for people he would save. We, like Zacchaeus in God's providence, have had a three provided for us. And this brings us to our next point this evening. There is the providence of the three, but consider, secondly, the purpose of the three. The purpose of the three. Look at me, please, at verse 4. It says there, speaking about Zacchaeus, and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. In this account, it is clear what the purpose of the three was. Zacchaeus was a man of great wealth. We're told that back in verse 2. Through. At the conclusion it says, and he was rich. He was a man, as I say, of great wealth. 
a wealth which he had gained had not gained honorably. Yet even with all his ill-gotten gain, there was one thing that he could not buy, there was one thing that he could not change, and that was his height. Verse 3 tells us he was a man of of small stature. It says there in that verse 3, and he sought to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press. There was a huge crowd, and not just was there a huge crowd, it says because he was little of stature. He was vertically challenged, as we would say. See, my sister here tonight, I'll not make any jokes about her being, virtu- uh, being, uh, being challenged in such a way. But you know that was the case with this man. He was, as we sing, of course, as imagined, a wee little man. He was short. He couldn't see over the crowd. You picture yourself maybe jumping and trying to see and couldn't see. But what does he do? He, because he's short, because he wants to see, he spots the tree and he runs and he climbs it. Oh, his lack of stature had never stopped him from making money. It had it would no good. Or his lack of stature stopped him from seeing Jesus. His lack of stature had never stopped him from making a, an ill-gotten gain here and there, but his little height stopped him from being able to see this one who was Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. And to overcome this obstacle, as I say, he climbed this tree. Verse 4 makes it very clear that he climbed that tree to see him, to see Christ. He knew Christ was going to pass that way, and he gets himself up into the tree that he may see him. The tree met the need of one who couldn't see the Lord. And let me say that again. The tree met the need of one who on his own could not see the Lord and in this way, you see, this sycamore tree, in its purpose, parallels the great tree of Golgotha's hill. For you see, without the cross of Calvary, without that tree, we are like Zacchaeus. Without his sycamore tree, for like him, in our own abilities, we cannot see God. Without that cross, without that tree, we are without hope on our own. Don't like Zacchaeus. Unlike Zacchaeus, there's one who went upon the tree in our place. And while Zacchaeus with joy sat in that tree, our Savior hung in agony, dying on the tree of Calvary, dying in our place, dying for our sin. Dying on that tree to open our blinded eyes, eyes blinded by sin and Satan, that we may see God. As we go back to our considerations of the first point, How amazing it is that from before the foundation of the world that all this was planned and ordained of God. It was no accident that Christ died upon the cross. His coming into the world, his death, was all ordained from before the foundation, before this world was formed. Everything, as we've said already, was planned even down to the three. So the purpose of both threes was that that man's inabilities would be overcome that they may see the Lord. Let me be very clear tonight what it is I'm talking about here. As we consider about the purpose of both threes, the three of Calvary, the sycamore three, of of giving us an ability to see the Lord, I I don't want to be vague. I want to be clear what I'm talking about. It is salvation. It's about being born again, being saved. Words which many don't like to use nowadays. May we as a denomination, as a church, as Christians, rejoice in words like salvation, saved and born again. That's what I'm speaking about here. I'm speaking about coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your own and personal Savior. To see God, to see Christ as your only way of salvation. 
You see, I'm talking about faith. Faith in Christ. And repentance from sin. See, what occurs here in Luke chapter 19 is not just a wee man being curious to see a man who's been talked about all over the city. Yes, that seems to be a case, really. It tells us in verse 3, and he sought to see Jesus who he was. He was curious. He obviously heard about this man, and there was a curiosity, but that's not where it all ends. Well, he wasn't just maybe originally, that's what it was. He wanted to see this man that he could go home and brag about it to his friends and to his family. And he saw this man who was causing this great stir in the city. But you see, what we truly have in this account is a glorious story of redeeming grace being shown to a sinner. The purpose was for Zacchaeus to see Christ, which would work then to his salvation. He would become a new creature in Christ. He would be one who was born again. See, we can see that this encounter with the Savior after climbing this tree not only fulfilled the need uh, to see the Lord, but you see there was a fundamental change uh, was worked in the life and the heart of this man. If we look at verses 8 through to 10, we read there, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold the Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And then, uh, <coughs> fourfold. And then verse 9, And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also was the son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. We see firstly from these verses that this man who had made his fortune by corruption and dishonesty was now going to give half of all he had to the poor and he was going to use the rest of his money to reimburse uh, with 400% interest those that he, had, uh, that he had robbed ultimately. So here we have a man, who, uh, or evidence of a man whose life was changed. Changed by a work of God in his heart. And if that evidence of, is not enough, Christ makes it abundantly clear that this is what, uh, that it was all about salvation. It wasn't just about meeting this man. For Isaiah verse 9, he says, This day is salvation come to this house. For as much as also he is a son of Abraham. And then he makes it very clear, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to see of that which was lost. Yes, Zacchaeus climbed that tree to see the Lord. But you see, here again we see the providence of God. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Yes, this speaks, of course, in that general sense of, God, of Christ's great purpose in coming into this world to save sinners such as us. But here, in specific sense, speaking about Zacchaeus, he passed along that road that day. He stopped at that tree that day and spoke to Zacchaeus because the Son of Man came to seek and to save him. What the Lord did for Zacchaeus, be sure he can do for you. As God ordained everything in his providence for this purpose, may you tonight accept that he can do the same for you. He has ordered, as we have already noted, that you're here tonight. Oh, maybe you don't know why you're here tonight. You don't know what really made you come here this evening, but may you see that it is all ordained of God. As you sit here, as you hear this message of Christ coming into this world to save sinners, he has ordered that. He has planned each and every part of that. He has ordered that you would be here tonight to hear the way of salvation. Oh, that you would see Christ and like Zacchaeus, find Christ and his salvation tonight. We have looked at the providence of the three. We've looked at the purpose of the three. Let us very quickly and finally see the plea. 
made at the three. The plea made at the three. Look again at verse 5. It says there, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Zacchaeus climbed the tree to see Jesus. Little did he know that climbing that tree, it would set him apart perfectly from the rest of the crowd, not just for him to see Jesus as he had wanted, but for Jesus to see him and to be able to come here and to speak to him one-on-one, speak to him face-to-face. How amazing this was. A man that just wanted to see Jesus is now speaking to him. Charles, King Charles, he was over uh, recently after uh, becoming king and how people wanted to see him and they'd been glad just to get a glimpse of him and how happy those were who actually got to shake his hand and got to speak to them. They never would have thought that they were going to get that opportunity. But here's the king of kings. And Zacchaeus is speaking to him. And it was not just a case of small talk and how do you do but we see from these words in verse 5 that Christ would urge him down from that tree. Why? That he may fellowship with him. That he would fellowship with him. That he'd come and uh, sit and sup with him in his house. And what a wonderful illustration that is of how the Lord pleads and invites sinners to fellowship with him. To sup with him. Revelation 3 verse 20. There is a great gospel application in these words. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him, and he with me. Little did Zacchaeus know that day when he left his house, that by the evening time he would be supping with the Messiah. Indeed, even when he was climbing that tree, I'm sure the thought had never crossed his mind. And how that may speak maybe to you this evening. Maybe you began this morning like every other day. You, you climbed out of bed and you took you a while waking up. You went through the monotony of the day or whatever you went through today. And you've came here this evening with no intention of considering truly the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. With no intention of, of becoming a child of God. Yet the Lord put it in your heart to be here. To come on to the sound of the word. Yet you could say the Lord has put it in your heart possibly this night to climb a tree to see the Savior. Before this is out, night is out, it is my prayer that you would know sweet fellowship with the Savior, the one who is mighty to save. Oh, it is my prayer that you would hear the plea made at that tree and you would come to and sup with him. Be saved by him. Come into fellowship with him for now and for eternity. And to think that all this would start by God's providence of a sycamore three. Oh, that you would see the providence that is at work in your life this night. And that you would be gloriously saved. That you, like Zacchaeus, would have your own wondrous story of salvation to tell. May the Lord take his word. May he bless it to each and every one of your hearts pass back to Reverend McIntyre. Thank you so much, Mr. Gershkadden, for bringing us the message about the tree, the sycamore tree, and uh, thank you for those words. If you don't know the Lord tonight, our prayer is that you would come to the hill of the cross and see the one who died on that tree at Calvary. We're not going to sing in closing. Have you any room for Jesus? He who bore your load of sin. As he knocks and asks admission, 
Sinner, will you let him in?
Father in heaven, we come into thy presence. We thank you for your word. We pray the message would linger in our hearts. We thank you for the food uh, that has been provided, for the refreshments that have been set before us. And we pray that you would be with us as we partake of them and receive our thanks for them. And after that is done, take us to our homes in safety. Father, I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the eternal spirit would be our abiding portion now and evermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining with us. Please don't rush away. There's some tea, coffee, uh, light refreshments there prepared for you. So please make your way right through the foyer and uh, you'll be able to get something there in the church hall. And we look forward to seeing you there. Thank you so much for coming along tonight. May the Lord bless you.